everything. We come to the uh, book of Daniel. Um, and we need to kind of go back and think of a little bit about the historical context here because this is when um, the northern kingdom of Israel had been taken into Assyrian captivity in 722. God bears with the southern kingdom of Judah for a longer period of time. But there came a time when they became so corrupt and so wicked that God determined to destroy them too. And he decided to use Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire to conquer Judah. Now this is in this historical context. What happened was, in the history of the world at this time, the Babylonians conquered the Assyrians. And, you know the Assyrians were gradually weakening and the Egyptians went up to bolster the cause of the Assyrians. And finally in about 606 or 605 in the last battle of Carchemish, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army destroyed the Egyptians and conquered them and swept on through and took possession of this whole region, including the land of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar was a general at that time. He soon became king. And so in, in what we're going to see is, when he came into Judah, he forced Judah to submit to him, the king of Judah, Jehoiakim, to pay tribute to him. And he took some of the best and sharpest and finest of the young men into captivity to be like his personal service, be trained for special service in the empire. Among those that he took were Daniel and his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <coughs> so, that's where we're at. I don't know if that's too uh, quick. Do you have a question or comment about that? You want to repeat that? Uh, <laughs> that. No, I'm just kidding. Do you get that? Do you know that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. You're fine. Well, this is... I don't know much of Old Testament. I've studied a lot more New Testament than Old Testament, so I'm just long for the Well, this has got to change. Right, right, I know. I know. Yeah. But, yeah, well, we're saying that Judah was an independent country, and Babylon comes in right here and okay. conquers them and takes Daniel and some other young men back to Babylon okay. to be trained for special service. Okay, I got that. And they had... Assyria had taken away the north of <coughs> but the Judah still remained. Okay. And now Babylon comes in, takes over Assyria, <coughs> who had taken over the northern tribe. Oh, okay. okay. And then comes on down and takes out oh, well, and okay. takes out Judah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Wish I'd said that. All right. <laughs> Chapter one, verses one and two. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. All right. This is in the third year of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Now, Jeremiah 46.2 said it was in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. The Babylonians didn't count part years as a year. The Israelites did. Hmm. So by Israelite counting, it's the fourth year. By Babylonian counting, it's the third year. And Daniel writes from the Babylonian perspective here as he's... 
do on Jeremiah 46 2. Hmm. <laughs> so Nebuchadnezzar, who was about to become king of Babylon, we use that reference, king of Babylon, proleptically, if you know that term. You know, sometimes we'll say when, you know, President Obama was a boy. Well, he really wasn't President Obama when he was a boy, but that's the way you would say that, and we all understand that. Uh, so, more than likely, Nebuchadnezzar is just about to become king when he invades here. And, uh, you know, we, we were immediately put into the action in the very first verse. Nebuchadnezzar comes to Jerusalem and lays siege to it. And Nebuchadnezzar was stronger than Jerusalem, and therefore he conquered it, right? No? What happened? God led his action. God, I think you can say more than that. I think you can say more than that. God made it happen. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. The Lord is the one in charge. Military power does not decide things. God does. And one of the things that the book of Daniel was written to show is the sovereignty and power of God. Even when these Israelites have gone into exile, they should not think that their God just got whipped by a bigger God. No, it was their God that delivered them into Nebuchadnezzar's hands. This is a victory for the Lord. Along And, and uh, so what does... Uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar do with the vessels uh, that he got from the temple? His temple. Yes. Why would he do that? Uh, to the treasure. Yes. Bragging. Yes. They're like trophies of the victory dedicated to the gods that gave them the victory. That would have been their perspective. Like a moose head on the wall. Yes. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> He says exactly. I'll have to remember that in the next time I teach this. <laughs> Cameron. And taking their gold and putting it in from, from the temple would be like also shaming the God of the Israelites. Sure. And looting the temple for their own profit, Cass. Is this the same uh, vessels and stuff that Belshazzar used later? Probably so. Yeah. Good thought. Probably so. That'll be Daniel chapter 5. I don't know how there's any vessels left in the temple. That's true. Every king in the, in the <laughs> world has come and carried off all the treasures of the temple. Over and over. And some of them more than once. <laughs> and we get here and there's still treasures in the temple. Well, the temple is pretty rich to begin with. They may have remade some of these. I don't know. Well, remember when they re remade them all in bronze or something after they been all the gold had been taken away? Uh -huh. Then somebody come in, came in and took all the. <laughs> I think it's great, great looting to raid a temple. I guess because they carry off all they can carry, it, and there's still more for other people to come and get later. Yeah, you're right. Being we'll generous, leaving some behind. <laughs> yeah. the next generation has fun. It's like the. It's like the reaping the crops. You leave the you leave the corners of the field <laughs> for the little nations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the little tyrants that come by later. <laughs> the, the homeless the homeless tyrants. <laughs> oh my. The uh, Winston interpretation of ancient history here. Uh. Maybe, there, maybe there were widowed uh, kings. <laughs> 
execute queens, maybe. <laughs> oh, baby. So they could glean the corners of the temple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I've never taught Daniel like this before. We were making so much that we get looted. It's a real revelation to me. It'd be a poor temple. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's sometimes it just seems like it was just a matter of years, and another king comes in and carries off the treasure. Well, why didn't where? Well, it probably didn't always carry off all of it, and probably some of it was replenished. I guess. Here's treasure, hot off the fridge. I mean, you've got to have some stuff hot off right, the temple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got a factory down the street. Maybe it's like the paper plates. And the <laughs> 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 you could have locked away. That's what my mom does. Little underground catacombs. They were trying to, trying to burn incense on the paper altar. You lost control. Those that are listening to these recordings, please disregard the last <laughs> So they keep the good china in. <laughs> Let's just discard that and start over. It has nothing to do with Daniel, but it's a fascinating uh, <laughs> historical uh, analysis. For the wind's at next Historical comedy. or hysterical, I'm not sure which, but. I think we thoroughly covered those two verses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we're preaching the word. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about those two verses? <laughs> All that other two. <laughs> How about verses three to seven? And the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of the officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youth in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered them to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank and appointed that they should be educated three years at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. How far? Seven. Now among them were the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them, and to Daniel he assigned the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah at Bidnigo. All right. So, the king has Ashpenaz uh, to get some of these really sharp, capable, talented young men. These that show good promise to be able to be trained. Uh, and what's he going to do with these young men? Yes, and what's he going to do with them first? Teach them. More than teach them. Train them. Train them. How about brainwash them? You know, the idea is retraining them and re-educating them. You know, he wanted them to be taught the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. He wants them renamed and uh, he gives them special food. He wants them to begin to look at the world from the Babylonian perspective. 
You know, we're a lot like these young men out of the country being with attempted brainwashing to get us to adopt the culture and the philosophies of the world around us. That's it. He wanted to make some good young Babylonians out of these young men so that they can be really useful in the service of the king. I wonder how old these young men would have been then. I mean, to re- train someone, you would think they would have had to have been young. I mean, you would have had, you would have think they would have been totally, completely consumed with what they had begun to believe. So you would, I mean, if it were me guessing, I'm guessing between the ages of 12 to 16. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good guess. From what we know about similar things in the ancient world, that's probably when they would have begun training for people like that as an early teenager. We know, you remember that story about Daniel and the lion's den? Do you remember, do you know how uh, how much time passes from this point until Daniel was in the lion's den? Like 80 years. Like 65 years. How old did you think Daniel was in the lion's den? Well, if he's not much over 80, then he's not much over a young teenager at this point. Hmm. Um, so that's probably the case. We can't prove that. It doesn't matter a whole lot, other than the younger that Daniel and these friends are, the more their faithfulness to God stands out, their maturity to serve the Lord at a young age. Um, now, when he gives them these special names, these are names that honor Babylonian gods and sort of match the new Babylonian identity that Nebuchadnezzar wants them to have. He met, These names are mentioned, actually, in the alphabetical order of the Hebrew names uh, in verse seven, uh, verse 6 and 7. All right, comments and questions uh, through verse 7. How many of these guys do you think they could have found? Because I don't know. I don't see anybody in this room that covers any of those areas. And I don't know how many guys that do this. Uh, that's a list. Wise, good-looking. I mean, that's like perfect men. You know what I mean? They're trying to find the the best and brightest young men they can find. I don't know how many they looked for. How many they found? What? What were they? When it says use them for the king, what were they going to use them for? Well, I suppose just um, work in the king's court. You know, in the government. Didn't their old names kind of uh, like honor the Israelites? They, exactly, they did. Other mm-hmm. uh, comments or questions? All right, very good. Why don't we uh, stop here then? And uh, it gave us a start into Daniel. And uh, we'll pick up in 1 8, Lord willing, next week. And proceed on for several weeks here, I think, without interruption.